Thanks to everyone who supported the show this week via Patreon, including Mick Cowans, Ian Mercer, Alistair Harding, Ian Wilkinson, Matt Lacey, Illico Elia, Roland Roberts, and Jamie Holland. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so from $1 per episode. Go to 361podcast.com forward slash support. Actually, we haven't had any good jokes, have we? Like, no, you're want... all right. You're all right. Move <laughs> on. I only got one of the jokes by listening back to Mark's edit the other day. I'm like, oh, all right. So it wasn't immediately apparent to me. Well, I think it's because they were stupid. Well, let us know how you really feel about it. Roses are red, violets are blue. My attention span's short. Oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> like that. My New Year's resolution is 4K. Is that a joke? I'm not laughing at that. You're going to have to work a lot harder. A lot harder than that. <laughs> I went into a French restaurant and said, uh, excuse me, can we see the menu, please? And the waiter said, may we? I said, oh, sorry, may we see the menu, please? <laughs> That was, um, sorry. Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. I'm Rafe Blandford. I'm Ben Smith. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is season 19, episode 10, and this week we're taking a look back across the year, plus we're asking what 2021 will bring. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Ben. Rocking. Yeah, good. Let's do it. Happy festive season to you. Absolutely. Yes. Chestnuts roasting on the open fire. Indeed. Be careful of those nuts, Rafe Blanford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're having a relax, and this is the last episode of season 19. Come on, season 19. That is amazing. I know. Amazing. I know. So much time wasted in the pursuit of so little benefit <laughs> to so few people. I just want to say, we are ahead, though, right? All of these... Uh, oh, did you see the, um, the Duke and Duchess of... Not Cambridge, the other one. Sussex. Sussex have launched their own podcast. Have they? We've got competition, have we? They have. They have. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that you know, all of these newcomers are a bit late, and I think we can be satisfied that we were there first 20 seasons ago. Well, not first. Are you trying to say that we did podcasting before it was cool, Ewan? Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. That's sort of the story of your life, really, isn't it? When it comes to that's digital. right. In that tradition, we're continuing to keep it not cool, even though it's become <laughs> cool now. The circus. <laughs> the thing is, I, I think the, the Duke and Duchess probably really won't have exclusive Rafe Blanford merchandise on their podcast. No, this is mm. true and accurate. Uh, nor, nor can you have Lord. Well, uh, we we don't really talk about the the titles here, but yeah. uh, sometimes it slips out. Lord Blanford's uh, postcard service, absolutely, because that I think is really, really, really cool. Yeah, leave a review, you get a postcard from Rafe. That is awesome. I think if you leave a review on the Sussexes podcast, you get a knighthood or something, do you? I uh, don't think they're that much aligned at this current time. Just a CBE, you ask me. There you go. Well, it's, it's lovely to see you. Well, it's lovely to see you as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, as we record this, it's still in the pre-Christmas period, but uh, we're in the Christmas spirit. And uh, Lanford's got his hat on. I mean, that that is definitely worth a tweet. I think we've all been deeply scarred by what we saw here. Can you put it on again so we can take a screenshot, please, Rafe? Maybe later. No, come on. What do you mean maybe later? Lots and lots of people want to see you with a flashy hat thing. He's, he's got lots of lights on it, readers, uh, listeners. 
That's the title for this episode, isn't it? Rave flashing. <laughs> Even if you're not celebrating uh, Christmas, as I, I know many of our listeners uh, may not be, because uh, the postcards and reviews exercise and um, also sending out the merchandise to um, all the lucky uh, listeners who um, wrote in and, and got uh, exclusive Rafe Blanford merchandise. Mm. Reminded me how diverse and around the world our, uh, our listeners are. We had things going out, Hong Kong, Greece, uh, States, uh, down, uh, where are we now? Um, I think New Zealand, Australia, things have gone to. So Not Middle East yet. You haven't had any reviews from the Middle East? No, we haven't. Come we're, on, we're a little underrepresented in the Middle East, and um, we're a little mm. underrepresented as you, the further you go east as well. So nothing from nothing from Russia or that end of the world. What about the Nordics? Oh, uh, there was a few from the Nordics. Yeah, I think we had. Yes, there we go. Some from your evangelism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so people all over. But if you're celebrating Christmas, then I hope you've had a lovely time. And if you're not, then I hope you've had a nice break from all the people who are like ourselves. That's probably one of the benefits. I am realizing that that. Here in the Middle East, of course, it's not necessarily a focus on Christmas, but I think it does give a, a little bit of a break from quite a lot of people who are. That's it. I like to think it is, it's like a, back in my last job, we used to look forward to the uh, US public holidays very much indeed, so that we could have a day off effectively. Uh, we could get on with some work and uh, the new work instructions would take a little rest. Yes. So gentlemen, where and how have you spent your Christmases? You and I suspect your answer for Muscat and Martin is going to be more interesting than Rafe and I, who will have spent it dodging the rain in the UK, I suspect. I'll see if I can try and rise to that. Yes, it's a very balmy 20-odd degrees centigrade, generally speaking, at the moment. It's beautiful, absolutely wonderful weather, just because it's the, the temperature is down, so it's T-shirt-ish. I actually was a little bit cold. I thought, oh, maybe I need a sweater the other day in the morning. That was 17 degrees, 17. That was just really nice. It's about 20-odd, so really good in the beach and, and so on. Then we are going to, there's a hotel we're going to go for a Christmas lunch to, or have been. I've just come back from Christmas lunch, yeah, that's what you mean to say. Indeed. That's really nice. And then I also saw the golf course is offering, has offered. Golf? Yeah, the golf course nearby is offering to provide a cooked Christmas meal for you. It says serves up to 16. Wow. Um, So I I need to just confirm this, but they'll bring it to you, which is really good. All the trimmings. So we're thinking about that as well. They've just invented waiters. (laughs) They've always brought the meals to you. Well, but no, they actually bring it to your house. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. But my question for the both of you is, have you finished your selection box? Ah, uh, yes. So, the, well, we should probably explain. So for people who aren't in the UK, the selection box is a famous Christmas tradition, I would say. I think it is the UK, isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't know where else. I presume it's probably made its way around the English-speaking world. Mm. But yes, basically a, a selection of chocolates sealed into a box with funny uh, pictures on the front where you open the doors, like a giant advent calendar of sorts, with whole chocolate bars behind. Hmm. Well, I, I just opened it up. Is this door thing, is that a new thing? The ones I remember is there would be a whole packet of chocolate, but you'd open it, you'd open up the doors and there'd be a, right. you know, chocolate bars or whatever. But yes, I, I remember receiving selection boxes, which would be sort of, you know, hmm. about 4,000 calories worth of chocolate, which you would have eaten yes. within 10 minutes yeah, of receiving yeah, yes. it. Despite yes. the fact you've just eaten a four-course roast dinner meal with you know, turkey and trimmings. It helps you do the Lego. <laughs> Absolutely. Ask me what Father Christmas has brought me. What's uh, Father Christmas brought you? This is by arrangement with the children. Because um, <laughs> they, they, they are... One thinks they're getting Lego. Uh, yes. Okay. But I have ordered mine. Okay. I have got the Diagon Alley. Uh-huh. That is it's this big. My arm's outstretched. Looking forward to building that. Yeah. And I've also got Moss Isley Spaceport. And do not, uh, so thank you for asking me, but I won't discuss the cost of it because for plastic Lego blocks, it's quite substantial. <laughs> but that will keep us very, very busy. We've got lots of Star Wars Lego coming. Yeah, but Diagon Alley, very cool. 
and then um, the, the Mos Eisley spaceport. And I've I've just I've just finished the Tantive. That's the uh, the Princess Leia one. Oh. You know, the, in in the New Hope, the first Star Wars. It's for children. No, it's it's not. It's not. And Lego even have a bit on their website saying it's not for children. <laughs> the thing is, when you have to publish something on your website, it's not for children. It is for yeah. children. <laughs> right then, Rafe Blanford, how will you have spent Christmas? Yeah. I have yeah. been taking a um, bracing walk through fresh countryside air, admiring the fields and the woodlands with, and, with the crisp, mask on. And, the, and the crisp. With your mask on. No, there's no other people around. Okay. So you, you are back at the Blanford Estate for Christmas, are you? I am indeed, yes, and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, I, we really enjoyed our trip, our pre-Christmas trip to Blanford Estate. That was lovely. It was deeply lovely. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so well, it's, um, it's time to, as everyone else is, reflect back on the year that was 2020. Wait, wait, sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt. What are you doing? Come on, come on. Yeah. We're going to spend Christmas with family. So I think the precise details of the things I will have just definitely just done are vague at the moment because in the UK we're working out lockdown uh, yes. situations and COVID rules and things. And I know, obviously, because we're a slightly larger family and obviously the rules apply differently to single households than family households and things. So I think Rafe and I will be in different tiers and different rules and that kind of stuff. Mm. But we hopefully will spend some time with family in a responsible way. But um, I can't give the precise details yet. But what I do know is that uh, the boys' Christmas presents have arrived and Ooh. they are all of a size that won't fit in the car because we're having one of those years where, you know, sort of trampolines and big presents ah, are being bought, yes, which yes. are great. So we have to try and work out how to give him something to unwrap that is the present, but is actually isn't the present. So we don't have to... A photo. You know, exactly. Bring all a these things to of it. Yeah. whoever's house we end up on for Christmas Day. So yes, it's going to be interesting. But uh, what did you get for Christmas, Ben, Rafe? I don't know at this stage. I think in our house, we, uh, we run a fairly lean ship at Christmas. So birthdays are big and Christmases are small. So I think uh, we'll, we're tending to do... Um, Shampoo. <laughs> we're tending to do uh, experiences and things like that. They're very popular okay. in our house. You know, vouchers for doing things. Okay. The kids get toys, but as a rule of thumb, we've, we've got enough stuff. I got a very nice Satsuma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But it, it's in the extensive wing that has now been gifted to Blanford. That is true. It's a Satsuma, but surrounded by a wing of the Blanford estate that now belongs to you. He says Satsuma, what he means is Citrus Farm. (laughs) So uh, anyway, well, this sparkling repartee, whilst it's fun, we should move on with some actual valuable content Yes, to finish the season strong as we meant to start it. Right. So yeah, we're going to look back over 2020, look forward to 2021, highlights, lowlights of the year. It's going to be difficult for it not to be fairly COVID-centric, but we'll try not to make it all just about uh, staying inside. And yeah, um, Exactly. Yeah, we'll have a, a bit of a look back and a bit of a look forward. And so, first of all, gentlemen, I wanted to invite you to give me one of your highlights of the year. I want to hear what for you stood out, your memory of 2020. And um, we've been particularly inspired uh, on this, uh, this show by a, a really good article in The Verge, actually, on, on theverge.com. Let me just find it here. It says, 2020, bad year, good gadgets. And uh, so we're going to stick very much to the spirit of that, uh, yes. of that article, which uh, right. it has been grim, but it hasn't prevented us from enjoying tech and gadgets. So, Rafe Blanford, um, do you want to go for No, don't ask for it. He's not ready yet. Come on. He's not ready yet. Look, you know the drill here, right? He's still thinking, right? That's why he ignores you and I most of the show and then pops up with some very, very smart stuff later on. It's not ready now. Okay, I'll let you go first then. So, Ewan McLeod, give me one of your highlights of 2020. Just for all the readers who are wondering, you're most welcome to go right now, Rafe, if you wish. Let's see what happens. Come on, Rafe, you can go right now if you wish. Right, I can go right now. That's absolutely fine. There we go. Hang on, Rafe. No, you're on mute. Sorry. 
Do you want to just unmute? What? what? Who? Can you just... No, no, Rafe, you're muted. Am I audible? Oh, no, Rafe. I can't. What? Just, just unmute. And, so as, uh, I, as I was saying... Sorry. No. No, I, I, I... No, you sorry. go... Okay, no, no, you do. <laughs> what? Rafe, are you still... Oh. Are you still? I think he's dropped off the call. Yeah. What? Look, let's see what sorry, you go first. Not, can, right. can, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can, seriously can't hear can you. Can we... Um, what? No, no, no. Shall no. I just phone you? If you yeah. Shall I just phone... I just, I just phone you, okay? No, but that's what I was saying. I was, what? Oh, you, sorry. If you're going to go to the toilet, can you mute that? Can you mute your mic, please? If you, Don't no. give up the day job, you two. You know, comedians. Did you see what we did there? Yeah, very funny. I'm rip-roaring laughing right now. I thought that was pretty good. How many phrases did we get? We should have done a, a thing and encouraged the listeners to do a, a bingo thing, right? You're on mute, of course, is the main one. Is Am I audible? People love that. I don't know. If, do you get that? It's can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? It's, it's, uh, that's quite a big one. The, am I audible? Just in, in my region. Uh, they like to use the word audible. And then... The, uh, 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 yeah, the, the interrupting. No, you got no. Sorry, no, you. And then the, the phone bit. I've had that quite a lot. <laughs> Shall I just phone you? Yes. Actually, one of my favourites. A slight aside. Um, Slack have added some new standard emoji into their products. That you know, little pictures that you can respond to or paste into messages. And they've now added as a standard Slack emoji, cat walked across keyboard as an emoji, which you know, sort of you could explain, you know, <laughs> what this sequence of <laughs> unrelated drivel was. <laughs> sorry, cat walked across keyboard. Anyways, Rafe, joking aside, would you like to go first on one of your highlights slash lowlights of 2020? Well, my highlights aren't so much around um, tech that was specific to 2020, but as a result of lockdown and coronavirus in general, I actually did some things that I wouldn't have otherwise done. And the first up is investing in a 4K monitor and actually having spent a number of years focused on just using a laptop screen and moving around the office and the world in general, actually rediscovered the pleasure of having multiple monitors and particularly a 4K monitor where you could have more than one window open side by side. It's just a reminder for me that in a podcast that's all about mobile, actually sometimes it's just nice having a big bit of screen real estate for getting work done. The other thing for me for working from home, I've talked about patch plants in a previous episode, but actually doing a little bit of home decor and my co-hosts are very kindly um well, kind maybe not the right word commented on the jungle that oh, has was... been exploding behind me when we're yeah. recording these calls but actually it has definitely elevated the home environment by getting some of these plants and having the pleasure of looking after them and what you can grow and there are various other bits of things like smart homes and new chairs that fall into that category and so i've ended up with a more comfortable home working environment but more comfortable home environment in general that just wouldn't have happened. And some of that has been about gadgets, but some of that has been just about some of the things that, you know, tech has enabled me to have. And so I'm grateful for that. And I'm just going to highlight the other thing and go soppy for a moment. I've really enjoyed recording the 361 podcast with a pair of you. It's pretty sad that that's been some of my most important human contact while I've been locked down for weeks on end, seeing Ewan and Ben pop up. I thought, oh, this is like the highlight of my week. And I would celebrate the resilience of people in general and actually the amazing people who have kept on working and been doing things like hospital service in general. And I think about that and the way people have responded. Actually, for me, that has been a highlight of 2020. I feel a bit shallow now for writing new iPhone in my answer. <laughs> I, think I concur with all of your good sentiments, Rafe. I want to come back to 4K monitors, not for the tech because, you know, screens, screens, but I'm just curious. Lots of people found themselves working from home and lots of people found themselves working from home with equipment that was never intended to be 
used, you know, sort of from home or, or to be good at being a home office. So did you decide to spend your own money on making a more pleasant working environment? Or is this something that, you know, kind of your employer gave you advice or assistance with? Because the reason I'm asking is selfish, but I, I suppose as a self-employed person, I also really found value in making myself a nice workstation where I found it comfortable to be productive and I had the tools. But the more I sit here and look at you know the screen and the way I have it set up and this kind of stuff, makes me think no employer has asked me what type of screen would you like and mm. how would you like it connected and you know would you like a big one or a small one or one with a camera on the top or one without and all these sort of things that I decided for myself. I'm curious how people who work in corporate environments, you know, how they got on. Did they get well looked after? Well, I'm not sure I can provide the answer there because maybe this says something about the uh, role of work in my life. I actually bought it myself probably three or four days into lockdown, knowing that it was going to last a while. It was almost like, oh, I've got an excuse to buy myself a shiny new monitor and new chair. But there was a £100 allowance through work, which enabled a bit of an upgrade of other things to go on. But I think that's been one of the lessons for me watching people. And, you know, I'm in a privileged position to be able to do that for work. And I chose to do so and it's definitely made me more productive and frankly um, happier but not everyone has that and it has been interesting watching the struggle and you kind of just sympathize with people who aren't able to you know find a comfortable working space and that can be on sofas and bedrooms and everything else I'm not sure that's a lesson of 2020 and a potential low light for people but as we go into a world where there is more hybrid working I think it is something that companies will have to think about and there are in the news, many companies have been lauded for providing those home working, you know, either equipment directly or a bit of budget to enable people to go and set up as they want to. And it's not any news for the experts who have done this before. And you look at the companies that have that kind of home working philosophy, but it's just a standard part of what they do. And I think for some people, it's highlighted just how expensive running offices are because they've heard that companies are saving £10,000 a year by not having them in the office. Now, those numbers can get exaggerated in, in both directions, but it does bring home a point that for people, it's not just the salary that gets paid, it's you know providing that office and the equipment. Mm. And I actually expect it to become, in some cases, for certain types of workers, it'll be another one of those things that's on the plus or minus point about who you work for. But I think it's worth saying that a lot of that is a very particular sector of the economy and for others, you know, the working experience has been behind plastic screens and wearing masks all day. Mm. And that, you know, you are fortunate, I think, if you've been able to continue working with minimum disruption, which probably all three of us fit into that category. And that is a lesson that tech is not being able to solve everything. Mm. And so you have to be mindful of that when you, you think about this. But at the same time, some of the things that he's done actually enables some of those activities to continue, whether that's contactless payments, we might touch on that later. It's really interesting to think about all those behavioural changes that have been forced, and the home working environment is just one of those. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, you're right about knowledge workers. We're all knowledge workers. We're all, you know, spend our lives at desks, at computers. But it's made me really value being able to select my own equipment and the tools I use. And you know, I suppose you talk about you know the people who spent time behind plastic screens and those sorts of things, and there the tools of the job are very much so you know closely tied to the job. But if you think about some other jobs, you, know, you wouldn't ask an electrician to take a bag of tools that, that you prescribed for them. You know, you'd expect them to pick and choose their own tools and use their expertise to use them in a job. And it's made me feel so 
fortunate to be able to pick and choose and also, frankly, try stuff and decide it's not working and go back again. And I've kind of stopped trying to find, you know, sort of the ultimate, uh, you know, kind of combination of equipment. And I'm just sort of slowly evolving it over time as new stuff comes up. And I've, again, appreciated the ability to do that because I hadn't realized quite how little I understood about what I needed from a working environment. I did a bit of discovery, you know, as, as the teams and everything changed. Ewan, let's move on to you. What's one of your highlights or lowlights of 2020? Uh, one of them I'm doing right now is I'm standing up. I'm standing up. It's ever so popular, this standing up. It's yeah. something we tend to do quite a bit, yeah. I don't recall when. I think it was a, a month or two into lockdown or the whole process. And I thought, no, this is just not working sitting down. And I just ordered a desk, I put it together. I'm absolutely delighted with it. It made such a difference to my working environment at home. Um, I actually would typically stand for most of the day. By about 5, 6 p.m., 5 p.m., I think, ooh, ooh, I'll, I'll have a nice sit down. Uh, so I, that, it has made a tremendous difference. I really, really appreciate it. Having gone back to work now, that is the major issue I've got, is we don't have standing desks there. So I am finger hovering on, over the button to order. I don't think it'll be that popular with the administration team because we need to put the existing desk somewhere, but strongly, strongly value that piece of non-tech kit, but it's been really, really useful. And then if I come to techie, actually along the lines of what Rafe was saying, my LG Ultrafine 5K, Rafe, 5K monitor. <laughs> it's one better. 1K, 1K better, right? It does make a difference, Rafe. I just followed Ben and bought one of these. I've actually bought two. Uh, so one here and then I got, I got one for the office. Good man. Uh, really, really nice. The, the quality is just amazing. And I am spending a lot of my time, of course, looking at that than then the Mac screen. I also have a, an old 27-inch as well. It's just it's, the, the difference is amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I love the 5K one. Tremendous value. Delighted. So those are my two highlights. And then I, I think I also I have another techie one I just wanted to point out, and that is um, my Roborox. So Mr. Vacuum Influencer Smith. So I own three Roborocks, one back in the UK, and then the two that we got, I think I, I have given frequent updates. I just want to, I, I couldn't go past 2020 without highlighting these things. They are workhorses. I've got one upstairs, one downstairs in the villa here, and they, they do the whole villa, ground floor, daily, and then again, the, the, the first floor daily. They are fantastic. They're working really well. I've changed the um, peripherals now and again because they're getting a lot of use, and they're fantastic. So that's added a lot of uh, of delight to the year. It's just really nice having the floor completely cleaned uh, without having to do it yourself. Just want to come back to the the five K screen piece because I I am a mm. huge fan of the robot vacuum cleaners, and we'll talk about those as a quality of life thing in a moment. But I've been struck by the massive gap between the quality of what people carry around in their pockets in terms of smartphones. You know, the incredible mm. camera, screen, brightness. Yeah. Quality, yeah, quality, yeah. connectivity, that kind of stuff. With the devices that we use every day, you know, if you if you're listening to this, you you probably do jobs similar to us, you know, which are desk based and IT based, or at least using IT as a tool. And um, I've just been amazed that trying to recreate a desktop experience that was like mm. working on my MacBook, you know, required yes. a screen of this type, and then thinking, oh well, actually, the MacBook is a you know, it's an expensive laptop. Lots of places won't use that. They'll just use, you know, sort of lower grade machines. Then thinking, well, actually, but every member of staff has got an iPhone or a Samsung mm. or something like that in their pocket. And again, it's sort of jarring that we used to joke about how people's expectations when they came into work, yes. young people joining the workforce, 
came into work with expectation that had been set mm. by Amazon and by Xbox and by Google and by Facebook because you never needed any training to use an IT product. This works blisteringly fast and incredible. I mean, you know, the PlayStation experience where you had these sort of mm. incredible graphics at incredible speed. And then you could sit down and you could ask Google any question you like and got a fairly reasonable answer. And then you come into the workplace and, you know, try and log a timesheet or try and, you know, sort of... <laughs> On an Oracle system. Yes, yes. Request a sandwich for a meeting or, you know, sort of try and book <laughs> a desk in a hot desking facility. And all of a sudden you need to go on a two-day training course. <laughs> it was curious because I wonder if this extended period of lockdown is going to put a bit of pressure on... I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Apple fan, but, you know, Apple and Dell and Lenovo and all those sorts of people who are making equipment that is finding its way into sort of people's homes now by virtue of work they're going to need to up their game. That if I'm looking at my mm. iPad to watch Netflix and then I'm going over and looking at my computer for five hours of the mm. day to write email and do work on and it seems dimmer and chunkier and less comfortable to use and you know, worse experience and slower maybe, that people are going to start to say, well, how is it you know, these things which are supposed to be my professional tools are so much worse than the things I can provide for myself relatively affordably? It's been a a bugbear of mine for some time. I, I wonder if you're, I think you might be overegging it there. I think um, still, I think there's a lot of people that don't notice the difference. You certainly notice. I remember you talking about, you know, I, I can't possibly go back to a non, I can't read it, a non-retina screen. I can't possibly, and I, look, I, I share that, but I, I've also got lots of experience of colleagues who, you know, in many different countries just don't care. And I, I wonder what will it take for you to care? Yeah, in that you, you, you've got the really nice experience on your phone or your iPad, and then you come to your bog standard, you know, 60 year old laptop, you know, that creaks when it opens. But you, that's just a deal. You, know, you, you don't plug it into monitor, you don't, you, that's just a deal. And I do wonder how many normal computer users are thinking that way. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm definitely incredibly pedantic about this, but my rule of thumb is that I don't want to notice. So it's the same approach I take to podcast audio buttery smooth like apart from brief making this show doesn't in any way justify the amount of time effort and expertise that we and mark put into this it's right. a fun endeavor not a business it doesn't generate revenue or anything like that but i find that it's got to be of a quality where you yes. don't notice so you know i want to look at the screen and not be distracted by feeling tired or irritated by mm. the things looking rubbish or or worse i want to listen to the audio and not notice. It's like turning on professional TV. Yes. You know, you enjoy the show for the content and the fact it's been filmed by experts and lit by experts and there's all this kind of magic that happens around production. You, do, you never notice it, exactly. You don't yeah. notice because it's so good. And at some point, the production gets so good that it goes out of the way. For me, maybe I'm too fussy, I still find that difference jarring between yes. the iPad, you know, the regular common or garden iPad that we bought my in-laws, for example, for Christmas two or three years ago, which, you know, has a medium capability chip and a retina screen mm. versus what, yes, use my wife as an example, you know, the corporate issue Lenovo laptop and thinking that iPad is used for recreational purposes for an hour or two, you know, every yeah. evening. And this tool is a tool that you use for seven or eight hours a day. I still boggles my mind a bit about that. But like you say, go, yeah, go and speak. maybe it matters to me more than others. Well, wait a minute. Speak to the um, the IT boards, the end user compute service yes, uh, guys, and I wonder if we've got any listening. You know, some of them really obsess over this, really obsess over the experience. Others, yeah. it's simply a you know the budget is two hundred ninety five pounds, 
right? And we want to replace that every six years. You know, and you you have to really, really take the thing and stamp on it before the IT department will give you a new one. And I think that's that's going back to race point actually around the move to home puts new pressures and new demands on these things that perhaps mean that people are evaluating them differently. But are they? I don't know. See, I don't know if your average uh, employee is coming home and opening their laptop and going, ah, do you know, I should have a monitor. You know, I've been hunched over for, for six months or, or nine months. I really yeah. should have a monitor. I should have a proper stamp. I don't know if people are doing that. Yeah. Maybe it's just me that at the point where it's started to physically hurt me. So, you know, when I started to get mm. symptoms of RSI, I started to get a bad back when I was getting, you know, sort of sore eyes and those sorts of things. And gosh, you know, I mean, I think if you've been sat on a kitchen chair for six months, mm. just, you know, using the kitchen table, or, or if you've been yeah. sat Terrible. on a sofa, exactly. You know, like there, there'll be some people who are now beginning to feel the physical effects of those things. I'm um, curious to see whether or not perhaps next year, because mm. I mean, I know you're back in the office now, but we're not all rushing back to the office in the UK and in the US as we record this. Well, um, it'll be interesting to hear, you must have, if you're working from home and you're working for proper companies, you know, they have a very, very serious duty of care from a health and safety standpoint, right? So in, in previous companies I've worked, you, we would not let the individual work from home unless they warranted you know, that they had got a proper desk with a proper, this, you know, sitting this way and blah, blah. Or in some cases, I would have to go and, I would have to say I have inspected it, which is actually quite an arse, you know, to go and physically go and, you know, so that we can be sure that, that first of all, they are healthy and then they won't make a crazy, you know, million pound claim. I w- wonder w- what advice have you received from your companies about working from home? Have they said anything about, you know, environment? Yeah. Well, as a freelancer, I provide that for myself, but I am curious about how that. Um, how you must be seeing the, the intranet updates and the you know announcements. Uh, I think I would still characterise everything I have seen as reactive. You know that, that we're still catching right. up with kind of people are in emergency mode at the moment, and that perhaps next year, and that maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves now, but talking about what we look forward to next year. Mm. Perhaps that's the focus next year as we start to work out the new normal. Yes. Let's crack on. I just wanted to do one of mine, and, and I'll, I'll keep it short because I've I've talked over your one too much. This year, I really enjoyed getting insight into the gaming and streaming industry because for the first time, these two completely polar opposites of working remotely in business and gaming collided. And I have watched more streaming, so esports streaming YouTube videos than I care to think about because all of a sudden, problems that esports players and, and YouTube streamers and Twitch streamers had solved months, years ago became relevant to the rest of us. Because for those that they are uninitiated, these people play games and share their screen and a live camera feed. And it's a form of entertainment. You can watch them live and you can join in, you can send them messages and those sorts of things. And you know, some of these channels are, are fantastic because these people are, are brilliant at playing these games. But they've got the same problems as we have for business meetings. They've got a live camera on, yeah. they've got live chat in the sidebar, they're showing their screen, their camera needs to be on their face. They need to be fairly well lit. They need to be audible. They probably need to provide some audio in from their presentation or their, their game or whatever. And all of a sudden, I mean, I was sitting there and watching these sort of, you know, kids talking about, you know, rigging up thousands of pounds of IT and cameras and HDMI switches and external cameras and which lenses to use and realizing, actually, hang on a second, that's the same content I just watched from the business presenting expert talking about how to run yes. an effective webinar. If you want to run a webinar, go and watch a gaming channel on YouTube. You'll learn more. <laughs> I mean, Rafe, you've spent half the year, you know, sitting at home, 
have you had to sort of deal with the issue of you know sound and lighting and, and all these sorts of things? Because I bought better headphones so that the microphone would give me better sound and I bought a little light so that I wasn't backlit and you know silhouetted in the pictures. And I, I kind of felt a responsibility to do the equivalent of putting a digital suit, you know, to appear in those meetings kind of presentable. Mm. Yes, I mean, I've made an effort <laughs> mostly on the lighting element which isn't working so well now that the days are drawing and it's getting dark earlier, I probably need to upgrade. So I've been interested by the key light recommendation Mm. that you've made and have been thinking about that. But also, uh, when I started off working from home, there was a unfortunate thread within the uh, company global team channel called SofaGate, which was ongoing commentary on what race sofa looked like. Uh I got accused of throwing a rug over it to make it look tidy. And that was absolutely true. (laughs) And so, um, you know, it's not that I'm obsessed about the framing behind me, but it does distract people. Mm. I think the um, obvious one is like etiquette around headsets and microphones as well, because a lot of people started off using kind of the microphone built into their laptop and you got like the quality wasn't great and bad audio makes it harder to concentrate on the call Mm. and you tire people out and then Um, It's also etiquette about when you mute and things like that, particularly in bigger group meetings. And it's interesting how quickly that has become evolved and established. But occasionally you then run across the bad behavior stands out a little bit more. And so for me, there's been a little bit of education as well. I mean, also teaching people how to reply in teams rather than start a new conversation or whichever thing you happen to pick out. But yes, for something I wouldn't have thought about before, and previously when doing video calls, you'd just do it on a laptop where you're hunched over it or on the sofa or whatever. I'm quite deliberate about trying to remain centre of the screen, have reasonable lighting. And, you know, my problem for the last week or so has been Christmas lights behind you kind of wreck all the settings. And so I'm going to have to do something about that. I've put some lighting in. I've actually just ordered a new webcam. We've been struggling. The one on the LG Ultrafine is lovely, but uh, when I switch over to the laptop that my uh, my client gives me, it's a small laptop in, baked into the bit of a laptop, and it's difficult to get it, as Rafe says, at you know, kind of eye level and into a position where you're well lit. So I've just got a USB webcam coming for that device soon. In the bad old days, you'd go into meetings and you would sort of notice the people who kind of had prepared for the meeting. So they'd printed out notes ready for the meeting or they had their own audio recorder device to take minutes or perhaps they had a wireless presenter gizmo so they could come in and you know immediately start to share their screen when they were doing their presentation and things there were all these things that kind of marked people out as serious or having taken the meeting seriously as a way to demonstrate kind of respect even to colleagues that you've come in really you know using all the tools available and i think yeah it's going to be interesting in the next year to see whether or not in three, six months' time, it's still okay to have, as you say, Rafe, a laptop balanced on your knee. My favourite one today was in the middle of a meeting, someone was using the microphone on their laptop, and it's quite an old laptop, and the fan started to spin. Oh, dear. And it sounded like they were next to an air raid siren. It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, they didn't have a headset, they didn't have anything else like that. And that's forgivable now, because they're making do with the equipment that they were given, or that they had Mm. to hand at the time. But you know, sort of as we get into one year of working in this kind of way, I'm curious about whether or not people will start to sort of look down a little bit as if you arrived into the meeting without the dongle to plug your laptop into the projector, you know, sort of the uh, much tutting and fussing. So uh, yeah, it's been fascinating. And like I say, if you want to improve the quality of your webcam, Zoom calls, team meetings, that kind of stuff, 
like I say, there are, there are a couple of really excellent uh, YouTube channels. I'll, I'll link a few in the show notes, which give great advice. Do and that. That'd be great. It's yeah. all about gaming, but the advice and the tech and the, the equipment they use is just as applicable. And there are, teen- <laughs> there are teenagers in bedrooms spending more time worrying about their presentation than, <laughs> than you are on your multi-thousand pound business pitch. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been fascinating. Ewan, let's come back to you. You started to talk about robot vacuum cleaners and I cut you off. Yeah. You've got the RoboRock S5 Max. Correct. Yeah, two of them. And on this show, we thoroughly endorse the RoboRock range. Mm. This year, they added multi-floor capability and that sort of stuff. So now mm. you can have different devices on different floors and you can manage them all through the one app. Rafe, you are a Roomba man, if memory serves. Yes, that's correct. And I haven't done an upgrade recently. My problem, as I've expressed in an early episode, was it going off during the middle of the day. So I had to reschedule and haven't really been able to find a convenient time to do it. But I have been using the voice functionality more so that when I go out to go for a morning walk or afternoon stroll, I tend to um, tell you-know-who to start the vacuum clean. And when I come back, it's all complete. Uh, well done. And it's just a bit more convenient than sort of crawling down to where it's you know, sitting underneath the table out the way where it lives. So it's another example of kind of voice control actually just making sense and winning over simple automation. I love our Robo Rock, but I'm kind of, I'm going to be one of these tedious people who came late to the party and I'm now just banging on and on about it. It's like <laughs> somebody who's discovered like a fad diet or something. Because aside from the good job it does, what I'm amazed by is how advanced a robot and advanced a brain it has in this device yeah. and we use it just for cleaning up the house i mean mm. there's three of us in our house we're home a lot and it's been lovely to have you know the robot vacuum cleaner cleaning up it's, it genuinely saves us time it's a real quality of life thing but from a 2020 perspective i was sort of marveling at the facts that it had used sort of ai and lidar scanning and that kind of stuff to build up a map of our house it intelligently sort of roots itself around obstacles and deals with all those sorts of things. It made an incredibly accurate map. It's got all of this kind of clever tech just for hoovering up the spilt breakfast cereal. You know, it, it is absolutely remarkable. Mm. But I, I love the fact, and we talked about this on previous episodes, Rafe, primarily driven by the mobile industry, this kind of incredibly advanced tech is now in relatively affordable consumer gadgets. Because if we'd said 10 years ago to each other, oh, yes, I'm going to have a, a LiDAR-controlled robot with an AI brain and and, 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 and oh, what do you use it for? Does it drive your car? No, no, it clears up the dust. You know? It's almost unthinkable, isn't it? It is. And I think that goes for a lot of that kind of smart home tech where a lot of the components or the push on memory and processing and then cloud computing and all of those kind of things that go with it have just been facilitated both by the kind of ease of control by having a phone that you know is your universal remote but also the components that go into it and i i still quite enjoy watching the vacuum cleaner just run around because there's just something quite magical all there is about it particularly ones with a bit more uh i feel like such a bloke saying this it's like oh interesting vacuum cleaning but if that has saved a certain amount of time very glad for it i mean my most recent smart home automation is curtains which was an after install product it basically just runs along the curtain rails but i have found myself using it more and actually have set things to close when the sun sets and things like that and i feel like it's the ultimate thing because it is literally three second job to close the curtains but that kind of thing for whatever reason there's just that little sense of pleasure watching it happen for you and that still applies to me for kind of the vacuum cleaner and the robot mopper as well um, that i have and 
I'm not going to apologize for a sense of wonder in tech because it was the thing that got me into it in the first mm. place. And the same thing goes for a lot of the, the smart home. Do I need it? No, the light switches work quite well. One of the things that is interesting for me this year is there has been a bit of a sense of wonder coming back into tech and it's things like the flexible screens, which started last year, but now we've seen them come on a bit more. Samsung has really been pushing on them. Uh, I think it's Lenovo who have recently done a laptop that is kind of a flexible screen. And that is just you know a highlight for me. Then if you look in the gaming, you've had the PS5, the new Xbox come out. All of those things are pushing it. We've talked about the Oculus. And if I look back on 2020, actually what has happened for me, there's been a bit more of a sense of wonder back in tech. And that's actually been something that is just quite delightful and has brought mm. me a, a certain amount of joy. And I remember sitting sort of 15 years ago and saying mobile would revolutionize the world. And that has been, been a continuous iterative and kind of build on pattern of that. But I'm just starting to see now the next things. I mean, that use of machine learning and automation has made it off the theory and actually really starting to have an impact. Even some of the email clients and the software that you use, and it's been going on for a while, so there is nothing new about this, but maybe I've noticed it more because I've had the opportunity to spend time looking at it and think about it while working from home. But there is an element, it just feels like we are shifting away from you know, a very mobile-centric view of the world and that is more towards ambient computing with all the voice control kind of distributed throughout all the things in the house, use of Apple Watch for exercise tracking, all the things we've been talking about this season. And I don't want to identify 2020 as like a cliff moment or anything like that. But there is just that sense of wonder has come back into my tech. And for me, that's actually been quite magical. I think that's a really good summary because my last one for this year was I wanted to talk about real-time banking. <gasps> Yawn, you know, like how boring. But actually, <laughs> I think your point is about, you know, sort of um, little bit by little bit, then all of a sudden, you know, kind of as the mm -hmm. quote goes and realizing the advances at the point where they kind of come above the parapet. And for me, mm -hmm. you know, electronic banking and interconnected systems is unremarkable and it's been you know, evolving for years. But for me, switching my banking to some of the startup banks in the um, UK, some of the challenger banks, using some tooling that was connected into the open banking systems that have been very, very slowly nudging along means that now I ended up with something as simple as making a transaction, clicking on a notification about that transaction and being able to do my budgeting, you know, record what did I spend that money on mm. and save the receipt and those things. And it's not quite as wow as seeing an AI robot go around your kitchen. But for the first time, you know, vast amounts of technology and effort have removed that bit of friction. That means that I now kind of interact with my personal finances completely different to the way I did two years ago. At the end of every month, I don't sit down and with all the receipts and all the, the transactions and try and work out, you know, what we've spent and the, house, the household budget and things like that, because I do those couple of hours of, of weekend work in 10 second chunks every time I make a transaction. And it's a small benefit, but it's a large bit of friction. And it's one fewer thing that I think about. And extrapolating from what you said, Rafe, about the uh, wonder of the robot vacuum cleaner, I mean, yes, you absolutely don't need it, but it's one fewer thing to think about. And it's sort of the cognitive load of, you know, kind of having lots of jobs to remember to do, or more, in my case, more the guilt of realizing that all these things I should have done that I haven't done. It actually is quite freeing. It's quite nice. As you say, you know, it's a, it's a real luxury to have those things. I sort of really appreciated them this year. Yeah, and I think it's that give back of time that's been interesting for me. 
that almost distribution of effort throughout the day. It's also the access to content. And I've thought about that. We talked about Disney Plus, but also magazines and ebooks and all those kind of things. Probably a renewed sense of appreciation for them. And I think that's come as a result partly because it's like right time, right place, but also the behavior patterns have been so shifted by 2020 that kind of acknowledge that a little bit more. But for me, it's also a nice reminder to think about how hard it would have been to get through this year if I hadn't had tech around that idea of being able to jump on a video call with family or access to content anytime I like, whether that's movies, books and films. That instant access, so it just has given me a renewed appreciation for the benefits of technology. But the kind of the corollary to that is also I've had time to enjoy doing things like reading paper books, writing postcards, and I'm not just talking about the 361 postcards here. Just in general, I've spent more time writing letters to friends and to family. Do you hear that, Ewan? He wrote letters to his friends. Yeah. Yeah. And what was he saying about some, you know, misty-eyed, it's, you've been so wonderful yeah. across this period of time. I haven't had anything. We'll come back to that. Hold that thought. Nothing. Do carry on, Rafe. Yeah. Some people you go on video calls, some people you send letters to, because some people are still not <laughs> able to get on FaceTime or, or video calls. Ah, okay. But actually, it's funny, because I talked about the wonder of tech, but also the way some of the tech things have given me a bit more of the wonder of the analog things in my life. And like postcards, I was actually able to order postcards from the Royal Mail to come and just arrive, stamps as well. And it sounds silly because, of course, you can go out and buy them in shops as well. But for things like reading, it's rediscovering Goodreads for me, which is a service that allows you to record what you're reading, but also pick up recommendations and reviews from other people. It's owned by Amazon. And for the completion, I kind of quite like tracking what I'm doing on there. And that's just something that in the last month or so I've wanted to do a lot more of. But there are all sorts of examples like that scattered throughout the year. And I don't know whether I'm sort of kind of reminiscing on 2020. Oh, it wasn't fun. But there are lots of things that have made it much more manageable and much easier than it might have been. And I recognize I'm in a position of privilege there. But, you know, that's also the thing as we look forward. I think about the transformation that's happened, not just for me, but a lot more people have discovered the joys of some of these things, kind of because they've been forced into this behavior change and you can talk about the way that e-commerce spiked up to 40 even 50 percent of retail and now looks like it's settling back to 10 percent above the 25 percent it was and i'm talking about non-grocery retail there by the way but also the rise of streaming use of iPlayer, all of those sort of things friends and family who would have never got into this technology so that adoption of technology and that pace of transformation and that excites me actually for what comes in the next few years because it's bigger addressable market people have started realizing it's not one digital audience it's starting to realize that you're going to have to address lots of different types of digital audience and both in my work and personal life that's interesting for me because that will drive a pace of change it just makes it fascinating because if there's one thing that you know excitingly got me into mobile in the first place in the topic of this podcast it was that ability for it to change the way we interact with each other and improve life frankly and Ironically, after such a disruptive and frankly fairly horrifying experience in many cases as a result of coronavirus, I wonder if some of the upshot of it may not be it will accelerate that pace of change in positive things. And we'll look back on this as a bit of a moment where we tipped over from digital being something that everyone talked about as being transformative to being integral to many more people's lives. And that then becomes really interesting to think about. There is always that kind of left behind audience or that legacy audience. But there are more people who know how to do video calls, who are using e-commerce, who are using apps, using their phones to their full potential. And 
that for me is something that I think will really come into focus over the next couple of years because it's almost been a step change. I mean, everyone's talked about it five years worth of change in five months of disruption. That change is interesting, but how does that reset everybody's plans and everyone's thinking? And for me, that's a 2021 discussion. It's expectations, isn't it? So absolutely. in my line of work, we talk about digital transformation not being about the digital, but about expectations. And I think what's been interesting this year as everything's been thrown up in the air is that people have brought the expectations of how the best bits of tech work in their life, you know, be it online grocery deliveries or Amazon or the ability to do a FaceTime or something like that. And they expect that everything in their world should behave like that. So why can't I have a business meeting that's as easy as doing FaceTime on my iPhone or something like that? And some of that has been around the expectations of themselves, i.e., you know, I should learn how to do a Zoom call or I'm no longer intimidated by doing a Zoom call. And so that's opened up technology and those kind of products to people. But some of it as well has been around getting rid of the things that don't work so well as well or expecting you know, vendors and suppliers or companies or services to work well. We're well over time, as we always are. Let's have a quick look at next year. So we're not going to talk about vaccines. All talk of vaccines are banned. I'm sure they will be rolled out and hopefully all will be well soon. But we're going to stick to uh, talking about sort of primarily sort of technology and, and its impacts. So impact next year. You, McLeod, you can get to go first. Uh, thank you. What's one of the things you're most looking forward to in 2021? I think it's, it's even more frictionless payments. I don't know about you guys or listeners. Well, I've been doing quite a few orders, Christmas orders recently, from non-Amazon places. Of course, Amazon features heavily, but from non-Amazon places, I have been astonished at how easy it is. Because I, yeah, I sat down, I flexed my fingers, I had my dash lane ready, my browser up, my Evernote ready to do, you know, to do these orders and, and try and do them as efficiently as possible. But uh, I think I couldn't even tell who these checkout systems were using. I think it was Stripe or possibly Shopify, or others, because there's quite a few checkout.com and so on. And the experiences were seamless. Whether it was ordering from a Danish shop, it was using the same, actually literally the same Stripe-style payment service, payment processor, or shop. I'm not quite sure. It was so seamless, I couldn't see the break, if you like, and no logos, or next to no logos. And then when I was ordering from a, a shop in America, same system, seamless. So I'm deeply impressed with how far we've come this year, generally, right? The technology's come to enable the, the whole checkout process to work very nicely, put in your phone number. Oh, this is your address. This is your delivery address. This is your credit card that you stored because you wanted to. Yes, you know, click, click, done. I find it incredibly smart already. So I'm looking forward to more of this, more of this frictionless payments because it's really important for everyone that isn't Amazon. Right, Amazon is fine. Click, click, done. Okay, but the issue I've had is, uh, yeah, everybody else, generally speaking, with limited exception, I felt we've been on a bit of a conveyor belt to try and get all this working as easily as possible. I'm rather impressed now, uh, having had this experience in multiple different geographies across December. So I, I'm looking forward to even more now, even more. I, I used Apple Pay quite a lot uh, for some checkouts. Um, and then I just used these stripey, desktopy ones, and then I did quite a few seamless ones on the mobile, on the handset. Just fantastic. So I'm looking forward to more of this. Over the Christmas period, I feel like I've used PayPal way more than I ever did before as a way of dealing with mm. those smaller retailers who effectively aren't Amazon. And mm. that feels like a step backwards because PayPal service hasn't really improved any. Quite a lot of the small shops that I buy from are coffee roasters and places like mm. that, you know, sort of very, very small businesses. They're using Shopify 
And mm-hmm. so them having access to Shopify, which provides an absolute excellent platform to create these online stores, as you yes. say, they all have this very familiar kind of mechanics to go through, but they're all very distinctly personal to that brand. Yes. And I think Shopify have got their own app now. I think they're going to have this store directory. They're already offering to hold payment details. I wouldn't be surprised if they get more into doing payment processing and those sorts of things. Mm. They're actually enabling small retailers to have an experience that matches Amazon. Back to the expectations thing. Yes. You know, and it, then it lets you do tracking of your orders and those kinds of things. And I haven't yet, but I've, I'm very close to putting the Shopify app on my phone because I have yeah. zero interactions with Shopify. But so many retailers I use, use it, and it would let me have a better sort of post-order tracking fulfillment experience. So yes. yeah, a- absolutely on that one. Rafe, we need to keep motoring because we're, we're nearly out of time on this section. So what is one of the things you're looking forward to in 2021? Ooh, well, I mean, I kind of spoke about the big one around um, digital transformation for me. I think the other thing, and I, I think I really want to pass this back to you because you've spoken about it a lot, Apple's recent arm chipset announcements around m1 and the kind of expectation setting that's going to have on laptops and how people are going to respond to that because we were speculating when they first announced you know what are the performance like what are the benchmarks and actually it's now coming out that even the kind of relatively low benchmarks on eight gigabytes of ram are kind of blowing away what would look like on paper equivalent devices and so it's really unusual to see a paradigm shift in technology on what feels like a mature piece of technology. So I think there's more to come on that front. And it's hard not to sound like a, an Apple fanboy when you, you talk about this, but clearly it's been a deliberate strategy of Apple to kind of have more control over the whole stack that they put inside their hardware, from chipsets to software, all the component pieces. But this is one that came not out of the blue because people knew it was coming, but the impact of it feels like it's understated, if anything, at the moment. And I know you've been looking at this a lot and I've been thinking about, oh, do I want to go M1? But actually, remember, this is Apple. That's the first generation. What's next? Yep. And that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to their desktop line of computers getting upgraded with these ARM chips. So I suppose, again, for the, for the uninitiated, Apple moved to producing their own chips based on a different architecture to the one supplied by Intel this year. And there was lots of speculation beforehand about the incredible leap forward in speed and battery life that would come from these. And I I think it's fair to say that they've pretty much lived up to the hype because these devices are incredibly quick and have incredible battery. And also, perhaps unusually, other manufacturers that had used a similar technique, so I'm thinking particularly of Microsoft putting Windows on ARM chips, didn't achieve similar savings or similar performance. So there has been a real leap forward. And I think We talked earlier about how iPads set your expectations for how your enterprise or your work IT should behave the rest of your life. And I think this is where the iPad will start to set the expectations now for how laptops and computers should behave because they need to switch on instantly. They need to have battery life that lasts, you know, all day. They need to be very, very quick, no more loading screens and those sorts of things. And some of that was around people designing software tailored to these mobile devices and the constraints of them. But also as people's expectations of those devices got bigger, they vastly outperformed the equivalent um, laptops. So yeah, mm. like you, Rafe, very much looking forward to those devices and seeing like a massive jump forward in terms of performance, allowing people to have access to power and battery life that they've not had before. So potentially making it affordable for people to access very high-end computing. And that would be fantastic because it will enable people to 
do creative things and have connectivity experiences and play games and all those sorts of things that they might have been constrained by before. But also, I'm looking forward to seeing those improvements play out in terms of the equipment that you carry around every day mm. to be able to mm. have a, you know, sort of literally to have something that is a full desktop replacement in something the size of an iPad that I can carry around with me when I'm finally able to go out and commute and then plug back into a screen and have it perform the same. And I mean, much like you guys, I've spent the year not benefiting from having a laptop. It's really just yeah. been something plugged into a screen. And I've started to notice the heat and the speed and the noise compromises of having that device when I was really stressing it out with none of the yeah. benefits of being able to pick it up and go somewhere else. Uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's also the second order effects. I mean, people think about how can it improve the current technology. You just outlined all of those. But potentially this allows for new form factors in laptops. You know, that's thinner or completely different shapes altogether. Or that extra overhead that will be existing in computers. You know, what's happened in, in mobile gives you a bit of a lesson there. But new functionality, new features come in. and you know, it felt, uh, sort of referred to it before, laptops feeling a bit stagnant, but this opens it up again to kind of new and interesting things. And maybe that then redefines, you know, when you buy a laptop versus a tablet versus a smartphone. And those things are interesting. It shouldn't surprise us, because of course, the benefits are linked, although, you know, wonders why you still have the really bad webcams in some of the laptop devices, despite the fact that front-facing cameras and phones have come on like leaps and bounds. Now, there is a little bit of a depth factor there. But it's those second order effects that software makers will be able to do different things that the fact that you can reliably have a device that will last eight to 12 hours without having to go near a charger is interesting to me because those things have an impact. But I guess what I'm hoping for most is to see a, a little bit more of a revolution in laptop designs, thinner, lighter, I mean, it's interesting, would you be willing to have something that's significantly lighter and thinner if it only had three or four hours of battery life but is using this new architecture? Those kind of trade-offs are really interesting to think about in something that has been a fairly static equation in that you've had ultrabooks, then you've had the kind of, you know, 15-inch type laptops and then the gaming laptops and not a lot in between. Like you say, the similar thing happens on desktop silence might be a golden thing from 2021 as you get rid of fans and things like that it seems small but those things you know they, they do add up and they improve things and of course one imagines that that can go elsewhere as well because people were talking about what happens with silicon getting down to two nanometers and all the processes around that well actually just goes to prove what we've often talked about sometimes the technology advancements that you least expect or you know a bit unexpected in terms of not being the linear progression are the ones that have the bigger impacts and if you watch these things carefully you kind of know that they're coming but it does come back to my point about that kind of surprise and delight and i kind of just for whatever reason feel more optimism about what we're going to see in the next few years than i have before and i've always sort of in the last five years i've said like the surprises and the changes we've seen from mobile are nothing to what will come in the next decade and i've never felt that more strongly than i have right now I mean, yes, I'm looking forward to having a fast computer. Lovely. You know, great. Big whoop. You know, and I'll buy a nice computer and it'll be lovely and I'll enjoy it. And I also am looking forward to the creatives whose work I enjoy getting those better computers and having access to more tools. I've been watching loads of YouTube videos by amateur creators who make, mm. frankly, TV quality rivaling content with, yeah. you know, a laptop and a, and a simple camera. And when those people have affordable access to more kit. But actually, you and going back to your vacuum cleaner thing, I'm 
excited for it to show up in places that aren't computers. So one of my objectives next year is to get my smart home working the way I want it. Mm. You know, it's been the equivalent of a project car this year, you know, sort of in pieces across the floor <laughs> and bits of it have worked. Literally, we can see it in the back. Yeah, yeah oh, no, there's a big pile of boxes behind me and I want to get it working. But actually, one of the things I've realised is that, as a, for instance, to make smart home stuff work, actually, it's always way more complicated than you expected. There's all these different scenarios and, and cases where it could work. And also, these things are incredibly dumb. You just give them sets of rules and they follow them. And, you know, my iPhone's got an incredibly intelligent machine learning thing in it that means it does incredible processing on photos and sound and those sorts of things and i'm looking forward to having a little home hub smart home gizmo that has machine learning and compute power that enables it to learn and to be far more responsive to me because right now they are dumb little gadgets and i love them but they are dumb little gadgets and this advancement could put you know incredible power in the home and mean that i spend less time futzing about with you know, if I press the switch, it is eight o'clock, put the nighttime lights on and turn the hallway lights mm. off. And, you know, I mean, there's a point at which that becomes work, not fun. And, you know, I think I might cross that. <laughs> so I, I'm fascinated because it'll be the robot vacuum cleanerization of, you know, home hubs or lights yes. or home appliances or smart TVs or something like that. Could this be 2021? Could that be the year of home automation? Well, we, ever since we started this podcast, it's the year of mobile. No, you and it's the year of mobile, remember? <laughs> no, no, no. This, this year. This, definitely this year. Yeah. I mean, I think home automation is my example because it's the thing I'm excited about, but I think it will land in cars and watches and yes. headphones and all manner of different places. But whenever you get a sudden jump forward in power and battery life and those sorts of things, it, hopefully it will show up very quickly. And um, I'm looking forward to the Apple products. I actually took out the AirPods Max from my list of things to talk about here because, you know, as we record, they haven't been released and we'll see, but they are very expensive and likely to be quite good headphones. But in some respects, I'm disappointed because the original AirPods were wow because Apple crowbarred incredible noise cancelling into this form factor and the convenience, those sorts of things. And this is one of those incremental things. And I think that the power processing battery leap forward that is now affordable will mean that they could do more of those. You know, I'm looking forward to the next you know, wearable products yes. that has that leap forward. That will be fascinating. Certainly, I'm looking forward to home automation becoming more mainstream. I'm curious, actually. I'm hoping next year Amazon will give home automation a bit more of a focus. Here's hoping. Mm. Lots and lots of people have got Echo devices in their homes, and mm. it does some home automation stuff, but it's very limited, and it always feels like it's been a bit tacked on you know, to the side of that product. I hope it gets a bit more mainstream, and people sort of begin to enjoy the benefits of that. And I suppose, Rafe, we should probably give the final words to you. Is there anything else you're looking forward to in 2021? I know we said we wouldn't mention it, but I am looking forward to a return to a slightly more normal world, but all the benefits of being able to go out with some of the appreciation I now have for that mix of joy of tech and analog things because 2020 has been a constrained time and all those things that I've learned about and want to go and do, I would hope for everyone 2021 is rather more of a joyful year than 2020. I promise when I'm allowed to go back outside again, I won't waste it. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. Okay, well, that's a a nice positive note to end on. Thanks, chaps. As ever, we would love to hear your feedback highlights of the year, best gadgets, all these sorts of things. There's a ton of things we didn't talk about. I was really excited to see full-frame cameras start to become affordable, and I'd love to get back into my hobby of photography. I've been thinking about that a bit. 
There's been loads of time we spent outside using our phones in mapping and that kind of stuff. So, so many areas of, of sort of, like I say, sort of in, in the face of adversity, finding new ways to enjoy the tech that we've come to love. But also, um, I have to say, I'm worried, Rafe. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to go back into the workplace. I'm going to become incredibly impatient of anything that isn't my beautifully crafted home office with the monitor yes. that I chose and the speakers that I chose and the special headphones. I become a bit precious, basically, this year is basically what I'm saying. Uh, you will just have to channel your inner Zen, then crack out Headspace and get into one of those meditation sessions while Ewan is doing his yoga on his standing desk um, and just be, you know, understanding of people and kindness always wins. Wow. Yeah, I, we might need to do a follow-up session on this after the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes, we'd love to hear from you listeners. We'd also want to say thank you very much to everyone who's supported the show this year, Mm. everyone who left a review, everyone who supported it financially through Patreon, everyone who's written in to give their feedback on the show. I've tried to reply to everybody who's written in, but I know I haven't, and I'm going to use the Christmas period to try and catch up on that. But please know that if you've written in, it is appreciated and has been read. It is only my shortness of time and not my enthusiasm that means I haven't replied to you yet. We're going to have a little break early in the new year, then we're going to come back to this. Echo Rafe, this is one of my favourite things to do. Mm. The most pointless but most fun thing we do. And I'm looking forward to continuing to sort of have this conversation about things that used to be mobile related and are now just sort of not broadly things that we enjoy. Yes. So please do drop us a sign, leave a comment, even though I'm afraid we're probably not doling out any more prizes or postcards in the foreseeable future. Please do leave a review and we will do something more fun sometime soon. And uh, yes, once again, we'll try and twist Rafe's arm. Don't worry. Absolutely. And uh, I want to say a special thank you to Mark, who is obviously the fourth member of this team, whose voice you only ever hear in the bit that my wife is increasingly referring to as the good bit at the end. (laughs) So thanks all. Have a very happy new year. We wish you a safe celebrations. Hope you've enjoyed the festive season. And we'll be back shortly in the new year. Uh, We might even go outside. It'll be very exciting. (gasps) Bye-bye. Oh, did I tell you I started investing in stocks? Uh, yeah, something about a share. Uh, beef, chicken, vegetable. One day I want to be a boulionaire. <sighs> uh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. <coughs> Thank you for that. That closes the year. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Top five Ben jokes. <laughs> something about why the long face. Something about a pigeon sticking against the wall. <laughs> Some kind of, you know, existential things. Um, a limo driver. There's a limo driver one. I remember. That's about it. Look back across the year. Plus, we're asking what 2021 will bring. Lovely. I love it. And I even like the rewrite. Yeah, yeah, you've rewritten it. Yeah, I didn't think it was a very funny joke. That's not what we've written. It's the artist's prerogative. Yeah. Can we just tell people, I mean, at least Mark, we were going to say, but he probably won't get it. Mark will get it. The last bit says, this is season 19, episode 10, and this week we're taking a look back across the year. Plus, we ask, will 2021 finally be the year of mobile? And the joke, Mark, is for goodness knows how long. 15 years. Everyone has been forecasting this will be the year of mobile. It's not funny if you have to explain it. Yes, but he might not. Mark's not. Of course Mark gets it. He's been listening to us for, I mean, poor man. How many episodes has he gone through? He's not a geek. Lovely. Good. Both gentlemen, thank you. This has been great fun. (laughs) Peace and love and harmony. And and looking forward to 2021. You you wouldn't understand my joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's like we go and stop the tape lovely <laughs> just stop off <laughs>
Meanwhile, at the 361 Multimedia Suite, located 30 feet beneath the Blanford Estate. What a nightmare year this has been. But just need to check Ewan's file and that's this season all finished. Oh. Hiya, I've got Did a... you not see the red light was on? Yep. Do you know that weird bloke, Bennett? He's one of the estate lawyers? Can't say I do, but... Well, never mind. I overheard him talking to Mr Blanford Sr. earlier. Something about some samples or other? And just now I answered the phone and the guy at the south gate wants to know about a delivery. Right. And what does that have to do with me? Excuse me, sir. Oh, all right. Oh, hiya, Waffles. Ah, oh, madam. How good it is to see you. I hope I will not be thought too personal, but I wish to congratulate you on your attire the other evening at the grand Christmas party. I thought it most becoming. Most becoming indeed. Oh, Waffles, you are sweet. I was about to say I had no idea what a brilliant dancer you were. That foxtrot of yours was amazing. (sighs) You are too kind, madam. I feel one cannot take but half the credit for that particular performance. Mr Blanford Senior was most kind to allow me to partner his good lady wife. And, it must be said, if she were that way inclined, I do believe she could easily be a ballroom champion. Excuse me, I do actually have work to do here, you know. Work? I could do without listening to you two prattling on. Yes. Work indeed, sir. Well, I'm off then. I'll leave that thing with you. Happy New Year. Bye, Waffles. Good day to you, madam. (sighs) Come on then, what is it? I have received a communication from the person whom I believe is stationed at the South Gate. He seems somewhat perturbed by the arrival of a motor vehicle, which I believe is liveried of the Royal Mail. Honestly, why does everyone think that I have to sort anything out that goes wrong on the estate? That I could not say. Sir. All right, well, come on then. Don't just stand there. Let's go and see what's going on. Very good, sir. You plan to take the lift, sir? Well, what's it look like? It may not be my place, but on the few occasions I have unfortunately had to descend to, well, these levels, I've always found it somewhat swifter to use the stairs and not this rather old contraption. Sir. Well, you're in for a treat then, Waffles. We're going in the bloody lift. Very good, sir. Okay, you ready? What's every elf's favourite type of music? Rap. What's the absolute best Christmas present? A broken drum, because you can't beat it. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite good. Do you think this is actually part of my job? That, sir... I couldn't possibly comment upon. I could only really speak with any authority about the duties of a gentleman's gentleman, which, I might add, do not include the situation in which I find myself presently, sir. How does Father Christmas wash his hands? Uh. With sanitizer. What's Santa's best uh, subject at school? Chemistry. (sighs) Why didn't Santa's workshop make any presents? All his workers had to elf isolate. (laughs) That's very topical. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> Why won't Father Christmas uh, lose any presents this year? It's because he's downloaded Sack and Trace. Oh, no. Why did the uh, pirates have to self-isolate? Because the R rate has risen. <gasps> Why wasn't Rudolph allowed to take part in any vaccine trials? Because they only wanted guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, what's going on here? Um, uh, excuse me. I'm from well-bred Whole Foods. Uh, I believe you are expecting a delivery of hummus. Right, all I've been told is a sample. Um, this is 500 tubs of the stuff. Well, it's a rather large sample. All right, mate. You in charge here. Yeah? I ain't got all day, you know. And who are you? The postman, mate. I would have thought the truck with Royal Mail written down the side of it might have given it away. So, ready to catch? Um, right. I've got five sacks for Rafe Blanford. How many? No way, mate. There's a mistake here. No mistake, mate. Something to do with the prize draw they said back at the depot. Two more for His Grace, Lord Blanford. <sighs> whoa, 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 sunshine. I'm not finished yet. I've got a mixed bag here. Uh, some for Rafi Blanford. Oh, and Rage Blindfold. But I'm guessing it's all the same bloke. <clears throat> I cannot help but to observe, sir, that one would be somewhat hard-pressed to describe the situation, and if you'll allow me to use the vernacular of Mr. McLeod, as being, well, buttery smooth. Oh, for f- <laughs>